0: Oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here on a Monday morning, but glad you could join us. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, we will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their businesses to success in an ever-competitive business climate. So pour yourself a hot cup and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee. This episode I have with me, Victoria Lia She teaches introverted entrepreneurs and business professionals how to overcome their fear of public speaking and become competent, compelling, captivating speakers. After moving to the U.S. two decades ago with limited English, Victoria overcame her crippling fear of public speaking to build several businesses, teach in a variety of in- industries, and speak in front of small and large audiences. She appeared on Fox News and has been featured in numerous publications, including CBS Houston and Biz West Media. Taking her own experiences going from scared to sought-after speaker, Victoria created the Brilliant Speakers Academy, an online public speaking coaching platform for introverts. She also owns Nutty Scientists of Houston, a passion project about inspiring kids to fall in love with science. Victoria holds a Master's of Science in Computer Science, and is currently completing a Master of Arts degree in Communications and Media Technologies. She lives in Houston with her husband and two sons. Welcome, Victoria.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Lance. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: And come to find out, we were speaking, we were, you know, uh, shooting the breeze right before we got on air, and that you have, uh, you were actually a uh, boulderite, right? You lived in Colorado for a while.
1: I am a boulderite, and I'll forever be a boulderite. That's my favorite place in the United States. Unfortunately, I only lived there for three years. I had to move to Houston, but that literally was my favorite place in the world. You know, I had a townhouse that was overlooking the mountains. I was working in a company where everybody biked to work, not me, but everybody else. Mm -hmm. You could bring your puppy to work. We played ping pong during lunch. I've never, ever worked anywhere else. Like that, and that's where I started my first business. So I have very warm memories of Boulder, Colorado.
0: Yeah, well, I love that you are. I mean, I just love that you. Ha- they ha- I mean, your intro was perfect because it has this beautiful story about overcoming the fear of public speaking. And I've talked to uh, you know many other people about this. And that w- my I had a fear. I mean, I think almost everybody has a fear of public speaking. So, um, but one thing you were talking about also is that um, you're you're an, you're sort of an expert um or at least i think you are in techies and you know us being people who are technologically savvy trying to communicate with people who maybe aren't tech savvy how do you how do you bridge that gap what kind of what kind of recommendations and uh, suggestions do you give to entrepreneurs
1: absolutely yeah i i have a lot of experience with that because i am obviously a techie i have i've been in computer science industry for a very long time and i after being a software developer, and I managed software developers a lot, and I used to speak software development language and techie language, right, to the people that I worked with. After that, I became a manager, and now I was exposed a lot more to non-techies. And as I started giving presentations and trainings to non-techies, I realized we as techies have certain limitations, that we need to overcome. Because if we go out there and speak to non techies how we speak to each other, that presentation is going to just land completely flat. And by techies, I don't mean that you need to be a computer programmer. You, people like you, architects, you have your own jargon, you have your own language. And I think it's very important to know how to speak to a non techie audience. And so the very first thing the very first thing that you need to think about is that you have to make it relevant to them. I mean, obviously, it's going to be relevant because maybe you're doing a sales pitch or maybe you're presenting something that somebody asked you to present. So you think it's relevant, but you have to make it really relevant. So when you are talking to your audience, in the back of your mind, you have to ask a question. After literally every sentence, you have to ask a question in the back of your mind. And so what? How does it benefit the audience? And so what? So let's say you talk about some architectural design. And then in the back of your mind, you go like, okay, and so what? What does it mean for them? What does it mean for my audience? This is a very important little question that's going to make a huge difference. Because when you speak with love, you know, even if you're afraid of public speaking, in general, as people will love to hear the sound of our own voice, you know, we, we sort of just, you know, we speak and we forget that it's not about us. And so making it relevant for your audience is the most important thing that you can do. And when you think about your audience, when you truly, truly think about your audience, when you love your audience, when you want to benefit them, when you take all the focus off of you and you put it all on them, then the magic happens in public speaking. When you ask that little question, "So what?" you immediately go like, "Okay, so now I need to make it relevant to them. Okay, let me phrase it in a way that will make sense to them." So when I did a very obscure, very very techy training for non-techy people, they they never heard me before, and so they were already you know prepared to be bored and to be you know sleeping through it. And so I started right away with, and so what? And so everything that I told them about that new piece of software was how that little piece of software is going to make their life easier, how it's going to benefit them every day. So very, very important. I'm kind of drilling on this. Very important. The next thing that you want to think about when you're presenting to non-techies is making it easy to understand. What it means is that you try to minimize the jargon. I bet you if I asked you right now to tell me about your new project, and you started telling me, I probably wouldn't understand half of it because I have, I'm not an architect. I don't know anything about that industry. <laughs> and so I think a lot of times we forget that we, again, went not speaking to techie people, we're not speaking to our peers, we're speaking to somebody who may not be in the industry. And so what you do, and I don't mean to dumb it down, okay, that's not about dumbing it down. You still make it smart, but you make it easy to understand by a regular person, maybe like an eighth grader, a regular person, so no really big words, no jargon. If you have to use the jargon, you use it very sparingly and, and, and only, and you define it right away. You say, "Okay, oh, I've used. By the way, this means blah blah blah." Right away, but you don't do it a lot because if you start doing it a lot, then of course it begins to go over their head. So, number one, make it relevant. Number two, make it easy to understand. Number three, you have to weave. Lots of stories, examples, analogies, jokes, anecdotes. And it may be a little difficult, but that's why we prepare, right? That's why you don't just jump in front of an audience and talk. You prepare. And the reason you want to weave all of that is because people communicate through stories. People understand through stories. You may be telling me about, maybe we're meeting and I'm your potential client, right? And you're telling me about a design of a specific project that I'm looking at, maybe an office building. And then you weave a funny anecdote of something that happened. All of a sudden, I'm laughing. All of a sudden, it becomes relevant to me. Or you give me an example of something happened. Or you tell me a story that has to do with this particular project. When you make it colloquial, when you make it very much like a conversation, not only your audience understands you better, but they relate to you much better. And this is how you become an engaging captivation speaker. You don't engage through facts. You engage through stories. Because stories... Don't just provide information. Stories evoke emotions. And you communicate by giving emotions to your audience or encouraging them to experience certain emotions. And then the last thing is do not overwhelm audience with your knowledge. And you know what? Probably probably that wouldn't be the last thing. Do not overwhelm. Audience with your knowledge is a really good point, but I'm going to touch on something else as well. By not overwhelming with knowledge, what I mean is that you don't have to tell your audience everything that you know just to show up as an expert. They already see you as an expert because you're in front of them. You don't want to give them so much that at some point they stop listening. You don't want to do – and you guys probably do that. You do presentations Um, with slides right you may have a PowerPoint presentation you wouldn't put so much on one PowerPoint where I begin to just go over you you don't want to have million bullet points you want to have one you break them down one per screen you don't want to have a huge design and nobody can see anything because it's so little and so far You want to have little segments. You simplify everything. You make everything easy to see and understand. It's not about showing them, oh, look at me how much I know. It's about, again, making it about them. It's about what I can give you that will benefit you, and I'll only give you so much that you need. It's only what you need, not everything that I know. Does not make sense? And then, yeah, it
0: makes total sense.
1: And then another thing that's very important for, for techies to remember is if you do want to practice your presentation, you don't go to your partner, you, go to, you don't go to your, you know, your employees and say, hey, can you listen to me? I just want to practice this. No, you actually find somebody who is a non-techie and practice it in front of them. Because if you practice in front of your peers, of course, they understand everything you're saying. It makes total sense. They're in there. But if you practiced in front of me as a completely non-architecture-related you know architecture related person, then it would be like, oh, wait a second. Okay, you just lost me there. Oh, wait a second. I think you may want to talk a little more about this because that doesn't make sense to me. So you always practice in front of people outside of your industry ideally very much non-techy, ideally very much like the potential audience that you're gonna be facing.
0: Yeah, I love I love all I love all four of those points. I love that you broke them down into four points. Because as somebody who I, I just think it's helpful uh for people to kind of have a framework for how this works. What I was thinking the whole time that you were talking about all of these is first of all, you know, what is the audience what is our audience thinking of how is it, how is this relevant to them? So I kind of wanted to unpeel of how I think it might be relevant to them. And that's through salesmanship, right? So like you said, if somebody's contacting you, it doesn't matter what service you're providing or what product you're providing, they already assume that you're an expert, right? So that you, so you can, you can take, you don't have to, there's no more convincing other than going through these four steps, right? So the relevancy, if I was going to, if I was going to go in as an architect to, um, somebody's house and they want to just remodel the interior, right? I, I did this with one of my employees earlier this week, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and he says, um, so we had a, I had a broke it down today and I said, one of the first things you want to do, it's not so much breaking the ice. It's, is there some way you can make yourself, um, take away the stranger element to it to make yourself relevant? So, so like yeah, yesterday it was, there was, a, there was a painting and I love, I love art and we have giant art in our house. And that was, that was the conversation was, oh, I love, I love your art, your artwork, uh, we have some similar art, and then it immediately broke down that barrier, um, and make it easy to understand, so then I thought about, uh, just kind of the way we set up our proposal, it's very graphic, it's, there's not a lot of words, so that they can understand the process, because maybe it's the first time they've ever worked with me as an architect, uh, the four, so, et cetera, et cetera, I just think that's how I would try to apply those things, um, if, if, if it applied to me.
1: Absolutely, and I really like the very first point that you made, how you said, and I, I can't quote you, but what you basically said was it's not about showing up as an expert or making sure that they see, hey, I'm an expert. It's about making it relevant for them, but what you also said, it's also making it relatable to them, making yourself relatable. And this is very, very important. And by the way, I don't look at public speaking as, oh, I'm on stage and there are people sitting in the audience. Public speaking is everything. You know, we are doing public speaking right now. You are interviewing me on your podcast and I am being interviewed. Public speaking is when you are doing a sales call. Public speaking is when you're in a sales meeting. Public speaking is you in a meeting with your coworkers discussing something. Public speaking could be doing a live stream on Facebook. It's all public speaking. And all of this has one common element. You have to be relatable to your audience. And you have to be relatable pretty much right away from the start. If your audience is looking at you and you may be an expert and very, very smart, but they don't see how your expertise has anything to do with them, then they don't care. You know the famous saying, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You have to show the audience that you, are, you understand them, that you relate to them, and most importantly that you care for them. And it has to be real. It has to be genuine. It cannot be fake. You know, when you're coming in, so let's say you are coming in themselves meeting. You have to show that you care about them. You cannot walk in and be this fake person and they go like, oh, well, he's only here because he wants to make money or he's only here because, you know, he wants to get this contract. No, they they have to think, oh, he's here because he really wants to help. He knows how to help us. He really understands us and he genuinely wants to help. Of course, they understand you also want to make a sale, but they have to see that that is not number one priority on your mind. And when you walk with that agenda, I am just here to make money, it's very obvious, right? And so you have to come in and break guys, You know, you have to come in and find something common that you can talk about, something that they can relate to. And then you have to make it all about them. All public speaking is about the audience. Until you understand it, you'll always be scared. But you know what's interesting is, A lot of us, because I've been terrified of public speaking most of my life. And what really broke that pattern for me is realizing that you really need to care very deeply about two things, okay? And thing number one is your audience. You have to truly, truly love your audience to be effective public speaker, because only when love them you can't take the focus away from you and put it all on them and make it benefit them and thing number 2 is you have to really love your topic really love it and you could be given a presentation about something that you don't truly really love Or it could be something that you don't even, you know, it's kind of boring. You know, it may be something boring that you have to present on. But what you have to do is you have to fall in love with that boring presentation to the point where you're completely engrossed in it. Because only then you will be able to come up with stories and different angles and different analogies and jokes and all of that. You know, if you think about anything that you're passionate about, probably skiing, I'm thinking, Colorado. Probably skiing is something you're passionate about. Um, let's say you were passionate about skiing and, and somebody asks you about best places to ski. Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't stop talking for probably the next half an hour. You would be like, oh wait, and then there's this place, and oh, and this time of year, and right? We've, when we're passionate about something, we make that story very engaging because passion is contagious. And that's why it's so important to fall in love with your topic.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing it takes, uh, that was a big lesson for me, but it wasn't, I didn't use the word, I, I, I agree. There is the passionate component that needs to happen, but if there's the knowledge portion that needs to happen. Cause as soon like, it's, it's, it's one and the same in the sense that you've invested the passion. Therefore you, therefore the knowledge comes with that and you, you become just so engrossed in the topic that it just, it's freely flowing through you. So you're, you're not looking at these note cards anymore. You're not putting too many words on the slides. I think that's what alleviates those two problems that a lot of first-time public speakers, or even just people in the class that are presenting something to somebody, um, the crutch that they fall on, th- those are two big crutches that they can avoid by doing that. What is the what is the worst uh, public speaking advice that you that you've heard that you don 't like to hear or, or you know you make sure you tell people that uh, don't don't do that
1: I think the worst advice is fake it till you make it, and that 's a very common advice, not just in public speaking but in general. you know you apply for a job, fake it till you make it, you, you go on stage, fake it till you make it 's just such a common advice and i don 't subscribe to that. I know a lot of people do, but i don't, and the reason i don 't is I believe. That the most effective you can be is when you are your authentic self, and a lot of people, particularly in a public speaking situation when they are on stage, they can be, you know, tr- they they can be truly successful and you know have successful company, have raven clients, but the same of the audience. All of a sudden, they forget all of that, and they feel like an impostor. They feel like a fraud. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh well, I'm not enough. Oh, my audience is judging me. Oh, I probably don't know enough. I definitely don't know enough. Let them not think I'm a fraud. Let me pretend to be somebody. And the truth is, you don't need to, because everything that you already need is already there. You already have it all inside. You just need to pull it out. Anytime you pretend, anytime you go and you try to fake it. Eventually, your audience catches on with that, catches up with mm-hmm. that. Eventually, they feel it. And the reason for it is because we are exposed to so much public speaking every single day, right? You're watching news. You, you, you could be on uh, Facebook, and then you know, there is an Insta story somewhere. It's like there are all of these things thrown at us right now. You're listening to a podcast. Every single day, we're exposed to different ways um, of how people are doing public speaking and we are very trained by now, very trained to hear when somebody is trying way too hard. To hear when somebody is trying to be a fake. Because there is, you cannot keep up that appearance for too long. You're going to slip. You're going to slip anyway. And you're, only, you're, going, you're going to constantly think. When you're trying to fake it, when you're trying to say, okay, I'm going to be like this person. I know who I'm trying to mimic. I'm going to be like that. Then the whole time you are giving your presentation, you keep on thinking, okay, am I like that person? Okay, I, am, I need to mm. say this. I need to do that. Instead, so now, you're focusing on yourself. And when you're focused on yourself, you are not focused on audience. And when you're not focused on your audience, 100%, you're failing. As a public speaker, that's why when you're faking it, you're thinking way too much about yourself. When you're your authentic self, you don't think about that. You're just you're just being you. You're just out there speaking like you normally do. You know you, you 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 walk like you normally do. You gesture like you normally do. You are yourself. You're a completely normal person, and that authenticity translates into your audience liking you a lot more. And now, because you now don't have to worry about, oh, how my, how does my audience, what does my audience think of me? Oh, are they judging me? Oh, let me try to be fake over here. Instead of that, now all of your thoughts are, how am I going to make them feel? How am I going to make them feel? Because that's your main goal as a public speaker. It's not about share your knowledge. It's about making a difference. In their life, so that they transform from who they were before your presentation to somebody different by the end of your presentation.
0: Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. It, that's a It is 100%. Yeah. If um, so, I'm sure there's still people listening that are they're still maybe not confident about getting in front of people. Um, I mean, I just love the fact that you started out with uh, you, you teach introverted entrepreneurs, and you're like. How could you be an entrepreneur and be introverted? Well, it kind of relates back to this whole tech, this whole tech idea, right? Like, there's so many. We don't have to go out. You, you and I did not have to meet in person, right? And maybe that makes it we're not nervous because we're not in person. I don't know, but either way, I, I guarantee you there are introverted entrepreneurs or just people who want to be entrepreneurs that are introverted. So, what, do you, what are there? Are there any mind shift? Um, any any tips that you could give people to be confident on stage or on video or just in front? Of the person that they're gonna, the the checkout person at at Safeway. Maybe they've been. Maybe it's a guy he's he's been he's been checking out at this particular Safeway checkout for a long time because there's a cute, cute lady. What what are What are three things that you could? uh, What are are three pieces of advice you give people for that?
1: Well, you know, it's a fun conversation because a lot of people don't even understand what being an introvert is. Mm-hmm. I've been an introvert all my life, but I'm pretty social. A lot. There is this misconception that introverts are shy. And some people think of introverts as somebody who is like this hermit sitting at home, not going anywhere. No, it's not about that. As introverts, really the biggest difference between us and extroverts is that we introverts do not like being the center of attention. And it drains us when we are exposed to too many people. We literally get drained during a networking event because we have to go and socialize. We can get drained at a party because there are tons of people and we're just tired of that conversation nonstop. And then as introverts, the way we recharge is by being alone, which is a complete opposite from extroverts. So it's not really about being shy Um, and that's why introverts actually make great public speakers and introverts I think make great entrepreneurs. I think the biggest piece of advice, particularly for public speaking, particularly when you are in person, let's say you're speaking on stage, the biggest piece of advice I can give you to eliminate that fear almost entirely is to treat your public speaking presentation as a one-on-one conversation. Think about it. As an introvert, you, and and you're an introvert as well, right?
0: I do. So this is what's interesting about the introvert-extrovert thing. I am an extrovert on the weekdays, and I am a 100% introvert on the weekends, and I am happy to admit that because I, what I loved is that you said you have to recharge. And my wife is like, let's go out. And I'm like, you don't understand how extrovert I've been all week. I've been teaching. I've been out getting, doing sales. I've been talking to all the guys. I've been in public. I, I need to just recharge. So I'm both.
1: Lance, I have news for you. You are an introvert, 100%. Okay. What happens during the week is what happens to all of us introverts. We just go out there and live our lives. Mm. But during that time, you are draining your batteries and you need to recharge mm-hmm. by yourself. You need to recharge alone in a quiet environment. You are an introvert. You're just not a shy introvert. You're a, very, oh, you're a social okay. introvert. Yeah. Um. So So, okay, good. So, okay, so as an introvert, so let's say you are... You have you imagine yourself on stage and there are hundred people in the audience and you're looking at all of them and you immediately get overwhelmed because you, you, you see this ocean of faces and you, you are overwhelmed by the whole magnitude of all of those people looking at you. And as introverts, we really don't do very well with one-to-many, but we do really well with one-on-one. When you are at a party, you probably prefer just to go and talk to one person and have a meaningful conversation with that one person versus to go and blah, blah, blah to like 10 people, right? Same with a networking event. You immediately probably go and find one person that you can talk to and just kind of just stay one-on-one. We are really good at one-on-one. And the reason for that is because as introverts – We don't like to be the center of attention as much. And so we immediately shift the focus from us to the other person. So as an example, what I do when I meet somebody that I don't know, I prefer not to talk as much. I prefer the other person to talk. And so I ask questions. I focus all of my attention on that person. I ask questions. I listen. I let the other person talk. I focus on the other person a lot more than I'm focusing on myself. I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the other person. And this introvert trait is very useful in public speaking. So when you step on stage or in a meeting or in any environment where there is more than one person at a time, I want you to treat this as a one-on-one conversation. And here is how you do it. So let's say you're on stage, 100 people in front of you. You do not look at 100 people. That's going to overwhelm you. You find one person in the audience. You look them straight in the eye, and you start talking. And as you begin talking, you're only talking to that one person for about five to seven seconds. You don't talk to that person the whole time, of course. For about five to seven seconds, nobody else exists. You're truly having a one-on-one conversation where you're only focused on that one person. And that one person is going to be giving you nonverbal feedback right away. They cannot talk back to you, but you're going to see they're nodding their head, they're laughing, they're smiling. It's like having a conversation, only they're not responding. And then, in about seven seconds, you go and you look at somebody else. And now you're having a one-on-one conversation with that person and that person alone. Again, nobody else exists. And you just keep on shifting your attention to one person at a time. You never have one-to-many conversation. You always have that one-on-one. And that really, really helps with overcoming fear, because you're never overwhelmed. You're never scared, truly scared, because what scares us is all of those eyes on us. You never see those eyes. You only see one pair of eyes, and you're always having that one-on-one conversation. This is probably the biggest piece of advice I can give to introverts only because introverts are already great at one-on-one conversations. So it's a natural progression.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. I think you, this is just, this is one of those podcast episodes, um, that is just chocked full of of nuggets of gold of, of knowledge and tips. So I I just hope people can come away from this. Um, wanting to go out there and, and, you know be better public speakers and do what they can to just keep growing as people uh, especially as they're introverts right so um where can people if people are want want to get in touch with you and they want to follow you they want to uh, learn more about what you do where can, where can they go how can they get in touch with you
1: they can go to my website www.byvictorial.com which is b y victoria l for com, and they can also download a free training that I have on my website. They can go straight to the website and get it there or they can go to uh, www.byvictorial.com slash training. And it's a completely free video training. I think they're gonna really enjoy
0: it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on Victoria. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Lance. I really enjoyed it and good luck with everything in your company.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the iTunes app. Tip your barista, and we'll see you next week for more Monday morning coffee with Inside the Firm.